Hello, my friends. What a busy, incredible week it was for Rebel News. Starting on Labor Day, where we were putting together a legal case to bust into the leaders' debate that happened. Tuesday was the trial. Wednesday was the court ruling. Wednesday night was the first debate. Last night was the second one. I'm going to sum up a great week for us, but a terrible week for Canadian democracy. And I'll explain why I think that way. Anyways, I'd encourage you to get the video version of this podcast because there's lots of interesting things to see. Just go to rebelnewsplus.com and click subscribe. It's eight bucks a month. You get the whole video version of my show, Sheila's show, David's show, Andrew's show. But it's free during the duration of the campaign. I don't know if I mentioned that. Just go to rebelnewsplus.com and type in the coupon code election and you get that thing for free. Now, after the election, we're going to put the haywall back up. And my hope is you'll like it enough to stick around. All right, here's today's podcast. Tonight, what a week, but in so many ways, the voters were losers. It's September 10th, and this is the Ezra Levant Show. Why should others go to jail Why? when you're a biggest carbon consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say to the government about why I publish it is because it's my bloody right to do so. I can't even believe it's Friday already. Monday was Labor Day and we were laboring, especially our lawyers who worked all long weekend. They, they didn't get a vacation at all because uh, they were working on our emergency challenge to the ban of 11 Rebel News reporters who had applied to attend this year's leadership debates. Now, normally, why would you have to apply to attend and why would the government be able to say no to you? Well, it's because Justin Trudeau nationalized the leaders' debates in this country a few years ago. And it's something to keep in mind. Why would you nationalize something like that? There was never any call for nationalizing it. Who would want that? What kind of mindset would say, I must take that over and governmentize it? And that'll become clear as I discuss what uh, happened later in the week. So Monday, we, sub we actually it was on Sunday where we submitted our material to the judge. On Monday, the government submitted their material to the judge. So the judge was working on the weekend, too. And then Tuesday, we had the three-hour Zoom trial. 2,000 people were watching the trial on Zoom. That's an enormous number. But, oh, the judge kept us on tinterhooks. She did not release her ruling until Wednesday morning, the day of the first debate. And... I couldn't believe it. Total victory. Absolutely accrediting our 11 journalists, immediately making us pretty much tied for the largest delegation. Now, she did say that some of our journalists had to participate telephonically as opposed to in the room, but others had to also. The Toronto Star was on the phone, for example. So I, I didn't get too huffy about that. We were there with one of the largest delegations. I already showed you what happened the first night. Our journalists did a great job. The second night, last night, I want to give you a little bit of an update on it. But I just want to tell you what I make of it, because now we've settled down on Friday. It's been a busy week. I think it's been one of the most successful weeks that Rebel News has had since we were born. I told our staff at a meeting that I've never been this proud in our six and a half years. I think we worked the best as a team. We made the biggest difference. 
We fought for freedom. We actually won in court. There were so many things we did right. But I have to say, other than the anecdotes of what our company did and the little victories we had along the way, I think it was awful debates. And I think that it was a failure for voters looking for information. It was a success only if you look at it from the point of view of the government that nationalized the debates and why. It worked for insiders. It worked for the establishment. It shed a light on nothing. There were no revelations. There was no moment where the status quo was challenged. Who does that serve? Serves the incumbents, serves the, uh, the insiders and the establishment. It had the simulation of a debate, but it was fake in that way. It was a real debate for Justin Trudeau and Aaron O'Toole and that those people should be there leading parties and they argued back and forth gently. The differences between them are quite minor. They were trying to outdo each other about who was vaccinated the most or who would embrace green energy the most. Uh, I think that besides that duopoly of the liberals and the conservatives, and I say this as a former conservative, there's really not a lot of difference between the two parties these days whether it's carbon taxes or open borders, migration, or on firearms. But there were, of course, three other parties in the room, none of whom had any chance at breaking the duopoly, the conservatives and liberals, but they gave, like I say, the simulation. It's like a placebo medicine. It makes you feel like something's real. The NDP will never form government, thank God. Jagmeet Singh is a deeply unserious man. The Green Party was there, again, as a simulation of, well, if you're really protesting things, you can go green. And the Bloc Québécois, by definition, cannot change things. They're not running to be government. The leader of the Bloc himself joked that for him, the difference between the Liberals and the Conservatives is like the difference between sugar pie or apple pie. He'll have them both because from his point of view, he just wants to see what he can extract. So besides the Tweedledee and Tweedledum of the Liberals and the Conservatives, you had three other contestants in this debate, but they were just there as misdirection, as a fakery that anything was actually contested, because all five of the candidates on the key issues of the day were in violent agreement with each other. None of them opposed the lockdowns in principle. None of them, none of them would say they're against the looming vaccine mandates. None of them would say, well, maybe we're overdoing things. None of them said we've led to, you know, the way we're treating children and injecting them and masking them is inappropriate and actually more dangerous. None of them said that. And so when you had those fringe parties, those dissident protest parties, the Greens and the Bloc and the NDP, it was fake. They're all in harmony. And let me show you a video that they recorded last night when they were all together, the five candidates they actually made a joint video. Take a look at this. We're all in this together. We've come so far in the fight against COVID, it's time to finish this pandemic for good. So get vaccinated. If you know someone who hasn't, talk to them. For our kids, for our communities, for our economy, it's how we get forward together. Vaccines are safe and effective for use. Vaccines are the best way for you to protect yourself, your family, and your community. So get vaccinated. Let's fight COVID-19 together.
pour vous protéger vous-même, pour protéger les plus fragiles d'entre nous, pour protéger l'ensemble de la population, le meilleur moyen connu demeure le vaccin. S'il vous plaît, soyez responsable, soyez solidaire, faites-vous vacciner. Merci. We all agree getting vaccinated is the way forward. We're all in agreement this is not a partisan issue, so please get vaccinated. We're united and it's time to get the shot. Vaccines save lives. They're how we're going to beat COVID, and it's time for everyone to do it. Get the shot. Get the shot. Now, I have no problem with people taking the vaccine. In fact, there might be some people for whom they should take the vaccine. Who am I to judge? Judge for yourself. Ask your doctor. Get advice. Think about it from your point of view. Your own risk. Are you in your 70s or 80s? Do you have underlying conditions? Are you fat? That's one of them. Do you have other problems? Maybe the vaccine's right for you. How would I know? It's your body. But what they claim in that uh, video that I found uh, a lie is that they were all in this together. But no, we're not. We don't all agree on it. And of course, not everyone is being forced to vaccinate. For example, I see the Toronto Police Union, the Toronto Transit Union are saying we're not going to be vaccinated. But others will be, and they'll be punished. Students banned from schools, people fired from Air Canada, people fired from Alberta Health Services. So we're not in it together. There's the ruling class, and then there's a the class being punished. That was one lie in that video. Another lie is that the, as if the issue is get vaxxed. 80% of adults are already vaxxed. That's far more than is necessary for herd immunity if the vaccine actually worked. Now we're hearing that you need to get the unvaccinated vaxxed to protect the vaccinated. But how does that make any sense? Doesn't being vaccinated protect you? And if it doesn't, how does getting this guy vaccinated protect you if it didn't protect you? It just doesn't make any sense. I thought it was particularly odious that they included the Bloc Québécois leader in not just the French language debate two nights ago, but in last night's English language debate. Again, it was a simulation of disagreement. It was in a way controlled opposition. Having the Bloc Québécois there was simply a way to bash Western Canada, bash the oil sands, bash Alberta. And to, if you look at the goals of the Green Party, the NDP and the Bloc, all of them can be summed up with bigger government in an establishment-approved way. The Greens would say, spend more money on the global warming crisis. The Bloc would say, spend more money in Quebec. And the NDP would simply say, spend more money. So as you can see, if you look at the debate through the lens of the establishment, those three alleged protest parties, opposition parties, are actually just auxiliaries of the establishment saying, spend more, more government. There wasn't actually any true differences of an opinion. It, it was especially the chutzpah of having the Bloc Québécois leader in the English language debate, targeting English Canada, where he's running no candidates, where he has contempt for the English. It was incredible. And, and you would think, imagine having the Maverick Party, that's that Western Rights Party. Would you have the Maverick Party in the French language debate to talk to Quebecers even though they're not running there? No, it would be absurd. Well, no more absurd than having the Bloc in the English debate, except for the Bloc only represents one party, and the Maverick Party is running in four provinces. I think that last night, Jagmeet Singh showed that he is a deeply empty man, if you can be deep and empty at the same time. There's nothing there. He's a bit of a clothes horse. 
who smiles and is hip with the kids on TikTok. He records little TikTok videos, which is not something most grown men would do. But that's about his level, the low information voter. That's what he's after. He's competing for, with Trudeau for that. Annemi Paul, who is the hapless Green Party leader, hapless is the word that comes to mind. She's fighting a civil war within her own party. She's unlikely to win her own seat. And failing to do so, she'll likely be thrown out the window by her own party. And, and she was such low energy and didn't have things to say on many subjects. Some of the questions, for example, there were questions about foreign policy. She simply said, we don't have a policy on certain issues. She just, we don't, she said. It, it was sort of pitiful to have her there and not to have Maxime Bernier, who everything I said about the narrative and spend more money and agreeing um, that vaccines and vaccine passports are the way and pandering to Quebec, every one of those establishment narratives are broken by Maxime Bernier, which is precisely why they had to keep him out, even though he has higher pollings, polling results than the Bloc or the Greens, and he's coming up on the NDP. As we showed last night on the live stream, if you watched it, the People's Party is now at 11%. Now, that's nowhere near enough to win, and it's doubtful that they'll actually break into first place in any given riding. But it's more than the Bloc and the Greens combined, and he's running nationwide, and yet they didn't allow him in. That tells you everything that you need to know about the debate. Um, but there were some signs of strain in this violent agreement, as I call it. At the last minute, they changed the agenda. They had said they weren't going to talk about foreign policy at all, the Government Debate Commission, but they were so roundly mocked about that, given the thousand-day anniversary of the kidnapping of the two Michaels and given the disaster in Afghanistan that they jammed some questions in about that. I think they were ashamed of themselves. I think Trudeau himself was agitated all night and he was a little bit angry, certainly angry at us. He was agitated and angry in a way that is very off-brand for him. Remember when he first ran in 2015, it was all sunny ways. He would talk like this and smile and shake his head a bit and talk about how sunny he was compared to that angry man, Stephen Harper. Well, Justin Trudeau was the angry man last night, wasn't he? I don't think it looked good on him. Uh, but I think what shone through like a bright light, um, they, they didn't mention the name Maxime Bernier all night. They didn't mention the People's Party all night. They did not acknowledge that there's any other way to look at the world other than through the establishment way. They didn't, they just didn't. They pretended like it never existed. They are in their own bubble. But what broke this cartel? Maxim Bernier was not in there. But we were. We had to sue our way in. That's how we started the week. And so our mere presence broke their perfect hologram of a simulated world that's a utopia. Our very presence irritated them. And, for example, we mentioned Maxime Bernier. And we asked Annemie Paul, why are you here? but not someone with triple your support. And what have you had to say about it? That question was put by our David Menzies. Take a look. Good evening, Ms. Paul. Hope you're doing well. Ms. Paul, clearly this debate is an insider's club for the political establishment. It banned Maxime Bernier of the People's Party of Canada, even though he is ahead of the Bloc Québécois and Jerome Party, the Green Party, in the polls. It banned me and Rebel News from even reporting until the federal court said that was illegal. 
why have you not spoken out against this? Don't you think all voices should be heard in Canada? Uh, thank you for uh, thank you for it. Thank you for the question. Uh, we, we did have an opportunity to provide recommendations uh, to the Commission establishing the rules for the debates. And certainly from our perspective, having more debates is incredibly important. It is incredibly disappointing uh, that we only had two hours to discuss so many important issues. We spent, I think, 10 minutes or, or 20 minutes talking about uh, indigenous peoples, for instance. I don't think we spent even 10 minutes speaking about Afghanistan. So uh, we can see what this new system has created. It's created less opportunities for people in Canada to get to know the parties, to get to know the leaders uh, of those parties, to get to know our positions. Um, that's not a good thing for democracy. Uh, in, the case of, uh, of, um, in the case of those parties who are not included, I think we do need to find a way for small parties who are trying to establish themselves to have a way of participating and, and getting known. Otherwise, uh, we do have the same old parties constantly monopolizing the discussion. Now, I give Anime Paul credit for actually answering that question and for saying, yeah, the more the better. You can tell she's not actually from the establishment like Elizabeth May would be. Elizabeth May for sure would say, keep Maxine Bernier out, but Anime Paul has not yet been fully inculcated in the ways of the cartel. But she was actually the only one to truly answer our questions all night. Um, the Bloc Quebecois leader has made it clear that he won't talk to us at all. Here's our Lincoln J putting a question to him saying, is this how you're going to treat outsiders? Yes, Lincoln J, Rebel News. Um, Mr. Blanchet, Trudeau calls people who disagree with him those people and threatens them with consequences. Are you the same way? Do you think there are millions of Canadians who simply don't deserve to participate in politics, journalism, or even in the economic life of Canada if they disagree with you on issues like vaccine passports? Je ne réponds pas aux questions de Rebel News. Now, of course, he didn't answer Lincoln J. Why should he? He's not looking for votes last night. He was just looking to be like a court jester, an entertainer. I mean, he, he was a tourist last night. He has no no candidates running in English Canada. He was just there to pretend that there was a debate going on. He was controlled opposition in a way. You know you could count on him to say, give more money to Quebec and punish the oil sands more in the name of global warming. So mission accomplished. He didn't care about answering Lincoln J's question. Um, Jagmeet Singh, on the first debate, refused to answer questions from Rebel News. He refused a great question from Alexa Lavoie. Then our own Catherine Krosnowski was right afterwards and said, why are you treating us like that? So we had two questions to Jagmeet Singh on the first night. He refused to answer. So last night, Sheila Gunn-Reed had a question to Jagmeet Singh, and she focused in on him like a laser on the I thought this was a great question from Sheila. Take a look. You're saying the polls show that your party is between 15 and 20 percent. No party here on the stage tonight is even close to representing a majority of Canadians. This is an absolute divided country. Yet when conservative journalists like me ask you fair questions on behalf of Canadians, you insult us and refuse to answer a single word. You are like a child putting your hands over your ears. Do you really think you can become prime minister by trying to freeze out any Canadian who disagrees with you? In your own writing, 
you only got 38% of the vote. Is this how you treat the other 62% of people who disagree with you? No, thanks so much. He's just a giggly child. I think Sheila's spot on when he says not answering us. It's like putting your hands over your ears, which is what a child would do. I can't see you, I can't hear you. He's a deeply unserious man. But the most serious question, the most thoughtful, and the most substantive question of the evening, not just from our rebel reporters, but any reporter, was put by Alexa Lavoie. She was there in person. She's been our most active reporter during the campaign. Now, she asked it in French, so we put English subtitles on it. She asked it of Trudeau. And I've got to say this about Alexa Lavoie. I generally don't talk about the appearance of our staff. It's not important. It's not relevant. Um, What's, what counts is what's in their brain. But let me put this to you from Trudeau's point of view. Here's a lovely young woman, charming, fashionable, glamorous even, from Quebec. And she goes up to the mic and Trudeau eyes her like a lion might eye red meat. I mean, we know that Trudeau is, uh, you know, sexually harasses people, including Rose Knight. We know he excuses sexual harassment in his caucus, Raj Saini, who... Uh, was accused of sexual harassment by several Liberal Party staffers. They told those staffers to shut up and not rock the boat. So you can almost see Trudeau looking at this glamorous young Quebecois woman, uh, eyeing her up like a piece of meat until he realizes that she has a critical question. Then look at his face. It turns from affection and interest to rage. And you can just see how he has treated other women in his circles before, whether it's Jody Wilson-Raybould, uh, who he sacked for opposing her, or Jane Philbot, or Selena Sejo Chervin, or anyone who crosses him. He has a special viciousness when it comes to women. So look at how he treats Alexa Lavoie, but listen to her question. Her question is put in such good faith, and it's the smartest question of the night. And listen to him. Take a look. Bonjour, Monsieur Trudeau, Alexandre pour euh, Rebel News. Donc, Monsieur Trudeau, je vais revenir rapidement sur ce qui s'est passé hier. Vous avez dé diabolisé l'un des rares médias qui ne reçoit pas d'argent du gouvernement. Vous avez exprimé votre opinion en disant que nous propageons la désinformation. Si c'était vrai et si c'était le cas, la Cour, la Cour fédérale ne nous aurait pas permis d'être ici aujourd'hui. Je suis moi-même scientifique et je me base sur les faits. Ma question est la suivante. L'Israël est l'un des pays les plus vaccinés au monde. Ils sont rendus maintenant à leur quatrième rappel de vaccins. Ils ne considèrent plus que ceux qui ont reçu deux doses de vaccins sont pleinement vaccinés. Ma question est, plusieurs Québé euh, Canadiens ne désirent pas avoir une, un rappel de, de vaccins. Allez-vous leur enlever leurs privilèges reliés au passeport vaccinal et aurez-vous l'obligeance de répondre à ma question en tant que premier ministre ou allez-vous encore diaboliser mon média? J'ai partagé ma perspective sur ton organisation euh, hier soir. Je n'ai plus rien à dire. Ça demande bien qui vous êtes. Merci. He has contempt for her and he'll show that he's above her by not answering her. But listen, we already know he's the most powerful man in the country. He's called the prime minister. But he just feels like putting her in her place by saying, I don't talk to you. Yes, I will demonize you. You have given me two choices, answering your question or demonizing you. I'll demonize you. 
well, hang on, we actually pay you to be the prime minister. And this was a government-run circus that you put together, the only English language debate, and you are refusing to answer a question of interest to millions of Canadians? For what? I mean, whatever sins you accuse me or Rebel News of, Alexa is surely not guilty herself. She's fairly new to our team and she's outstanding. But it showed you the contempt Trudeau has for anyone or anything or any ideas outside the pre-screened bubble of this fake debate. This is what they would have done to Maxime Bernier had he been in there. The contempt and the hatred for him. Now, he didn't sue his way in like we did. The contempt that they have for Bernier and the contempt that they have for Alexa Lavoie is actually not the contempt that they have for me or Rebel News. It's the contempt they have for you, for daring not to submit to the way they say the world ought to be. Well, there's been, it's low interest in the debate. It was so boring. It was so poorly run. Even in the question and answer scrums, they took away the supplementary question for reporters so they couldn't follow up on the rudeness of the candidates. Compare the low interest in the debates with the high interest. Look at these crowds here, pictures of Maxime Bernier's rallies across the country, easily the largest of any party. I don't know. I don't know. Can you call it the purple wave? Maybe the polls are just a blip. But maybe people are waking up to the fact that you've got the five-party cartel and you got the one outsider. I don't know. I want to show you some real news, though, because in these official leaders' debates, they had a lot of fake news. In the Quebec language debate two nights ago, they actually brought in a child actor to read some questions about global warming. And all the politicians, one after the other, pandered to this child, saying how much they agree with him. He's an actor. This is a child. This is a setup, a stunt. This is not the real news of the day. Let me show you something that a child should actually be asking about. But a child doesn't read the Telegraph of London, so maybe what the parents of a child should be asking about. This is a real story in the Telegraph of, Lon of London, one of the most prestigious newspapers in the entire United Kingdom. It shows that for teenage boys, they are six times as likely to be admitted to hospital for heart inflammations as they are to be admitted to hospital for the coronavirus itself. The so-called cure is six times riskier to teenage boys than the virus the vaccine is meant to cure. And yet in the UK, they are dead set on injecting it into teens just like we already do here in Canada. That was the kind of question Alexa was talking about. And that question was never put in two nights worth of government debates. Do you see what I mean? They had enormous conversations on wokeness, on should there be Aboriginal official languages, on should flags be at full mast or half mast, and what Paris global warming targets should we meet and how fast. All these fake debates to give the simulation of disagreement and the simulation of uh, engagement with the issues of the day, and yet something that millions of Canadian moms are worried about, will the vaccine hurt my kids? Never was raised. Like I say, it was a fake debate. And all the media there were fake media because they were all on the payroll except for us. That's why they were all raging against us. That's why I don't agree with that video I showed you earlier of the five politicians saying, we're all in this together. No, we're not, mate. Your little club, 
is all in it together just for you. But you've pushed everyone else outside and he won't even give us the courtesy of talking to us. I think that it was a disastrous week for our democracy, but it was a great week for us at Rebel News who showed that if you fight, sometimes you can win. And just because Trudeau and his cartel say freedom doesn't matter and independent press doesn't matter, well, tell that to the federal court. I think we have a lot of battles ahead, but it was a great week for rebels. And just because Justin Trudeau won't answer Alexa Lavoie doesn't mean she's going to stop and doesn't mean we will either. Now, instead of showing you a guest interview, I want to show you a couple more things that we did yesterday when our whole team was in the Ottawa Gatineau region. There were lots of protesters on the street and even a washed up old CBC comedian called Mary Walsh. You might remember as her as Marg Delahunty. Our friend David Menzies caught up with her. And again, I'll give her more credit than I give to Trudeau or Jagmeet Singh. She actually talks to us unlike they did. I'm going to show you that video and another, and I'll bid you adieu. What a great week. Thank you for your support. We don't take a dime from Justin Trudeau, which is why we are able to be as independent as we are. We will never join the cartel, unlike the other guys. That's it for me. I'll say goodbye now, but enjoy these videos filmed this week. I'm with Jean-Jacques de Granet. He is the People's Party of Canada candidate for Ottawa Vanier. And uh, Jean-Jacques, I mean, we're outside the venue that is hosting the leaders' debate. And I was here two years ago, and there was a leader there that time who isn't here this time, namely Maxime Bernier. What do you feel about the fact that even though the People's Party of Canada is trending pretty nicely in the polls these days, your leader doesn't have a space at the debate table. I think it's really too bad. I think uh, what it does is that it stops Canadians from hearing that one dissenting voice that is needed for Canadians to be able to make a, 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 a choice, a good choice, based on information. And, and it's just not happening. Therefore, you know, Canadians... Unless, of course, they've been looking to Rebel News or to other uh, of our um, media, well, they won't have any idea what to vote for. So that's what the issue. That's why it's too bad. Yeah, it's a shame in Canada. We're supposed to be a democratic state. We have more candidates than the last time. So we have candidates from Vancouver to Halifax to in Quebec, so almost everywhere. So we represent many, many people through the Canada. And Maxime has us. Uh, um, a speech to tell, some, some, some things to say to the people. The liberty is one of them, and we, we lack of liberty right now. We see it, and it's a big issue. We have a COVID issue right now, but uh, we try, uh, they try to silence him. But he won't be silenced. You saw the, what he, what he go, uh, when he go to the West. Yeah. So he had many people willing to listen to him because he has something to tell. And it should be. You are Lucila Miranda. What writing are you running in, Lucila? Yes. Me, uh, I was a liberal for my life. Then oh. I became conservative. Yes, all my life. And I worked for them uh, for the election all the time. 
And then I became, uh, once I saw Trudeau, I was so happy. I said, Trudeau, then I said, do we vote because we were liberal? Uh, then I heard Mr. Trudeau and I said to myself, that little man, it's a detector. Well, you know, th this is a fascinating story. And so you were a liberal supporter yes, and originally and a Trudeau life, supporter. All my, life, all my family. What was it that the Trudeau liberals did to, to make you go all the way over to the other end of the political spectrum? Because I have a feeling that Mr. Trudeau and the liberals are doing something here very bad. They want to control us. Okay, I believe on the COVID, but I think it's the way to control people. And why, why Mr. Bernier cannot talk? Why? Why? It's because they want to control people. What is the unspoken reason why Mr. Bernier is not here today? I suppose because he's the voice of dissent. I also suppose it's because he wants to sort of bring back the uh, bring us back to the, uh, real conservative values where people are free and responsible. And I suppose that our, the, the present politicians that we have right now do not seem to accord very well with that. They would rather people just do what. They are told by this government. Mr. Maxim Bernier does not belong to that class of politicians. He believes that Canadians are intelligent. They have the capacity to take decisions, to make decisions that are good for themselves and by extension for their family and for their community. It must be in the debate. So then the people will have to choose properly what they want in the vote for the leader. It's a, we're, here for, we're here for the Prime Minister of Canada. It's important to hear all candidates as much as possible. And uh, uh, much more if they're serious with many candidates from coast to coast. I think Mr. Trudeau have people behind them and they must have something in the back, something they want to control the Canadians. And he's a man that we cannot trust, and we cannot trust uh, liberals, we cannot trust uh, conservative order, order. We want freedom like we used to have. And you know what? Uh, they talk only about COVID, COVID. What about people are dying from cancer uh, and all, all, all those? They, 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 they don't deserve anything, you know? You must get this all the time, especially from conservatives. And of course, Maxime Bernier used to be with the Conservative Party of Canada, was yes. a hair away from being its leader in 2019. Right. People will say there are so many ridings that are very close with PPC candidates in the same riding as Conservatives. Mm. There might be, and, and we saw that in the last election, some ridings that go to the Liberal uh, candidate by default. You are splitting the right of centre vote. How do you react to that response? Well, from a personal point of view, I think uh, there's some value to that in certain areas of the country. However, there's many areas where that is probably not true. In fact, it's not just probably not true, it's not true at all. I think that in many places, people will vote from their values, from what they truly believe is the correct thing. And therefore, they cannot vote for the CPC, which, whose values have changed over the last 20 years to a large extent. And so therefore, this is what's gonna carry that. As I said, in certain writings, you have certain candidates that are Probably, well, for example, in Ottawa, Vanier, which has been a liberal writing for a very long time, um, it's probably time to put someone who can speak loud, who can uh, give the proper message across, get the proper message across, and then so, so, so that we actually get someone from with those values, the conservative values, in Parliament in order to ensure that those voices are heard in the House of Commons. Well, fair enough. We'll see what happens on September 20th. Oh, hey.
Marge Warrior Princess, right? How yes. you doing? David Menzies with Rebel News. How you doing oh, there? Oh, the Rebel News. Right, yeah. That's so the nice. Knee to the princess. Yes, well, now I've gone <laughs> Warrior Queen now. Oh, it's Warrior you Queen. You can be a princess forever, you okay. know. No, because you, then you'll be rolling around drunk in the Island of Mystique like <laughs> Princess Margaret or something. Sounds like an option. You've got you to, you know, move on. You know, yeah. i got to ask you, Marge, you're right in front of the People's Party of Canada uh, yeah. people here, a lot of the candidates here, and Maxine Bernier, the leader, his official position is he wants to defund the CBC. Oh what do you God. think about that? Well, that's such a new idea, isn't it? I've never heard that before. Isn't that interesting? Every single goddamn conservative through the history of since I've been alive, has wanted to do that. So maybe Mr. Bernier could come up with something new. But you know what? Isn't there merit maybe to that? Maybe defunds I mean, the rebel media. Well, you know what? You know, nobody ever threatens to defund you guys, do they? Well, they can't because we ask for donations, we sell subscriptions. Why is it that Canadian taxpayers are forced into funding the CBC to more than a billion they, a year? Why are the British taxpayers forced into supporting the BBC, one of the greatest public broadcasters in the world? The CBC is right up there with that. And it's Canadians, it's nobody's force. Canadians, it's Canadians' choice. They can vote for Mr. Bernier and he can defund the CBC. I mean, that's, that's what democracy is all about but marge uh, I, I, and marge, can I, my name. marge i'm sorry yeah, i am. apologize i uh, we've never had the option to opt out it's kind of like roger's oh, negative yeah, option billy mr harper said he was going to do it he just didn't he do didn't it. and uh, they, but, <laughs> the, but that's you know sometimes they don't keep their promises do they but now mr um, mr o'toole is promising to do it too so there you go vote for mr o'toole but, and cbc is gone but there marge, you go. why the entitlement uh, why the entitlement that you are so uh, you know, entitled it's, it's, to taxpayer dollars. It's it's a, it's not an entitlement. It's simply democracy. If you don't, if the Canadian people no longer want the CBC, they have just vote in Mr. O'Toole or Mr. Bernier, and they ax the CBC, and it's gone. But why, That's the beauty. But why do we need democracy as opposed to like Rebel Media? But anyway, I have to go. Well, I think I, our I, fundraising I is the most honest there is. A million times now, so I can't say it anymore. But if people want to get rid of the CBC, then that is their absolute right. That is the right as Canadians to not have it, to vote for the people who have promised to cut it. Why not so just sell advertising or do the PBS model? 